Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, April 26th. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John, and it is Mailbox Monday. Boy, you guys are not messing around. I will today finally tackle the question of the Enneagram and a whole bunch of other things you guys are throwing out there. You guys are awesome, and let's talk about this stuff. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So before I jump into your questions today, I want to remind you that you can leave me questions, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That's where you can leave your off the bench examples. Tell me what you guys are doing to get out into the culture and how God is using you and your gifts and your passions. I'm loving that. It's also where you can leave questions for the podcast. So sometimes I get feedback there. We love all of that stuff. Um, Another really great way for you guys to help the podcast is to go to iTunes and leave a review. So you can leave a review for the podcast. If you gave it five stars and said, man, it sure is an encouragement, that goes a whole long way in helping new people find the podcast and kind of see what other people are saying about it. And it gives us, it helps us just get the podcast out there to a broader audience. So I'm excited about that and just to see what's going to happen in the days to come as you guys continue to get off the bench. Marnie in Minnesota said, after calling in to ask how a couple weeks ago, I am now going forward to open a homeschool resource center in the Twin Cities. Yay, Marnie, I love that. Addie is a 12-year-old listener from Kansas and she wrote in and said, hi, Heidi, I have enjoyed listening to your podcast since my mom started about a year ago. Very recently, I got off the bench. I feel like it may not be much, but I signed up for the youth band at my church. I am working very hard to learn the guitar. I am homeschooled and have good friends. I wanted to know how I can get off the bench more. Thank you for your wise advice on the show and good luck in your run for Congress. Thank you, Addie. Okay, so I love this. I love hearing from uh, young people who are getting off the bench and onto the battlefield really uh, it's your future right now that's sort of hanging in the balance. And when when I hear what you're doing right now, I mean, I would just encourage you, you're right where you need to be, right? Sounds like you're learning guitar, you're getting up in front of people, getting into the youth band at your church. I love to hear that. I'm always telling young people, know the history of this country, know the constitution, and understand what your civic responsibility is. I think so many of our young people have come out of even homeschooling, certainly out of our public schools and in many cases out of our private institutions, and they don't understand their personal responsibility toward preserving and protecting the freedom that we have here, especially in the United States. So I'd encourage you to do that. If you're not in the the word of God, and it sounds like you are, if you're not though, be in God's word every single day. That's the most important thing that you will ever do because we want to be able to hear God's voice so that when he calls us, like Samuel, we can say, speak Lord for your servant is what? listening. We want to be listening. So Addie, thank you for that. I want to say thanks to Steve from Colorado and Kristen from Andover, Minnesota for supporting us financially. We cannot thank you guys enough. It's an encouragement to us, like I tell you every single time I'm on here, that you guys are really coming alongside us in practical ways. You heard my friend Steve say on Friday, 
that when you hear that people are running for political office, it doesn't matter where it is or whose race it is, especially if they're federal seats, they need your support. They're worthy of your support. And so when you guys find out that someone's running, support them. We got to start putting our money where our mouth is because it takes a lot of money to run a campaign and to win now. It sounds ridiculous, but that's just the way that it is. And so I'm going to encourage you to be looking for people that you can support and then actually putting money behind them, get behind them and support them in any way that you can. All right. I'm going to jump right into your questions today. You guys are not messing around with the questions, but you know me, I'm not much for small talk. And so I appreciate that. So the first one came in from a listener in North Dakota. She said, Heidi, I have a daughter entering youth next year. I've recently noticed some teen couples that will cuddle and kiss during our youth group. One is the pastor's daughter who is 16. My husband and I teach our children that we need to wait for dating and the physical and emotional bonds until we are ready for marriage. What are your thoughts on this? And do you let your teens date? All right. So this is a great question. Most of our kids are grown now. And like I've told you guys before, we have stressed to our children the importance of walking in right relationship with the Lord. I think when you make the focus on what they do rather than who they are, then we miss out on the full picture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And so an outgrowth of my love for the Lord is going to be that I watch the things that I say, right? And I watch what I listen to. And an outgrowth of my relationship with Jesus means that I'm honoring my husband. You see what I'm saying? And so especially if your kids get older, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, here at the Homeschool Resource Center, we have a policy and it goes like this, no contact without a contract. <laughs> That's the policy for the teens here at the Homeschool Resource Center. If you don't have a contract, meaning you're not married, we don't want to see you holding hands, cuddling, kissing, any of that stuff. Because as we all know, one thing leads to another. And we just decided here at the Resource Center, we don't want to have to cross that line. We don't have to, we don't want to have to decide what's okay and what isn't. And so we just said, eh, we're not going to do it. We're not doing that here. I frankly think that's the best policy for youth groups and, and places where teens are at. And it helps to set an example for the other teens. And so I would be concerned about what you are concerned about, but not to the point where I'd be freaking out about it. All right. We want to teach our kids that the attitude of the heart is what determines the actions that follow. And so one of the things we've told our teens is it's our job to get them to marriage with, with as little regret as possible or to get them to adulthood with as little regret as possible. We don't want them to look back on their teenage years with all of this angst and all of this regret because they didn't do what was right before the Lord and they wound up with regret or they wound up with consequences from sin that could have been avoided if they would have been wise in the decisions that they made. And so teaching your children why it's important to follow God's word, his blessings are not found outside of his boundaries. And is it sinful for these kids to be holding hands and kissing and cuddling? No, not, nece not necessarily. Uh, is it unwise? Oftentimes it is, right? And we all were in high school, so moment of silence because we all remember what that was like. Okay. Got a listener in Virginia and she said, what would you suggest for a mom wanting to homeschool her children, but her husband who is not a Christian and hates homeschool is forbidding it. I want to do what is best for my children, but also honor my husband. All right. So I get this question occasionally here at the podcast and I've answered it, I think several times before. So I'm at the risk of being redundant. I know a lot of you are new. I would never encourage a woman, a mother to fight with her husband over homeschooling. 
I would be praying for him. What's in the best interest for your children is that your marriage is healthy and that they see that modeled. And if he is insisting that your kids go to public school, I mean, I shiver at the thought, but if he's insisting that they go to public school, you may not like it. But if I was in your position, I would put my kids in school and I would just get ridiculously involved there. I'd be so involved in the school that they that they would think I was on staff, right? Because there's so much garbage going on in the schools right now. And it's it's almost impossible to keep up with it. But so that's making your life harder. And in the meantime, you can be praying for your husband. You can be sharing things about homeschooling. Find out if your school is teaching critical race theory. Find out if your school is promoting comprehensive sex education. And probably they are. So find out why your husband hates homeschooling. Have the conversation with him. But I wouldn't let it divide you. I wouldn't fight over it. Just pray for him and pray for your children. That is what's best for your children. It's to honor your husband and to work as best you can to have peace in your home and still protect your children. All right, next question comes from Carrie in Georgia. She said, I probably have some loaded questions regarding the role of the church. Should the church take a stance in terms of bad politics? You guys know my answer to that. Absolutely. Politics determines policy. And so many of these issues are moral issues. Does the church have to take a role on, you know, what the tax rate is and all that? No. But so many of the issues that are in our government right now are moral in nature. And this is the role of the church, to speak truth into the culture, to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus. If it breaks the heart of God, it should break our heart too. And we should speak to it because we know that the principles in God's word bring life. That's exactly what the role of the church is, right? To spread the gospel, to be salt and light, to be a place where people can get wise counsel. All of these things have been abandoned in recent years because we decided, oh, hey, you know, the church doesn't do politics. We don't want to get involved in that nasty business. And now here we are. She said, are you connected with churches in other states that are not bowing down to radical politics? Absolutely. I go to a wonderful church in Camas, Washington. There are lots of great churches around there. You guys know my love of Pastor Jack Hibbs in Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Phil Hopper in Lee Summit, Missouri, Simple Faith Calvary Chapel in Vancouver, Washington. There are lots of great churches Read your church's website, know what their doctrinal stance is, understand their theology, find out if they're going to go woke or go you know, progressive. You guys heard me talk about this last week, right? Woke church, broke church. Um, and so you want to stay away from that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I'm going to play a question from Anchor.fm. Before I do that, if you guys want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that by going to Anchor.fm forward slash Heidi forward slash message. And I will link back to that in the show notes today. This question comes from Jill. Hi, Heidi. Thanks so much for your podcast. I listen to it every day and I get so much encouragement from it. Um, Thank you for all that you do to help support uh, the ministry of spreading God's word and staying true to the Bible. My question today is around Guideposts, the organization. 
I have received their magazine for many years and read it and enjoyed it. Um, but recently I've seen some articles um, and references to quotes from uh, people that I'm not really sure are biblical in nature. Um, and so I was wondering what your thoughts were on the organization of guideposts. Thank you so much. All right. So Jill, you're asking about Guideposts Magazine, and here's my simple answer. I don't know. And so what I would say to you guys is to just be discerning. I don't subscribe to Guideposts. I know what you're talking about. I used to read it all the time. I didn't stop reading it for any reason in particular. Maybe just forgot about it. I don't know. But I don't have time to go, you know, poking through all their stuff and see, put my finger on the pulse of Guideposts Magazine. So that's really up to the reader, right? So if you see things that are in guideposts or any other Christian publication that gives you pause, take it before the Lord and ask the Lord to give you discernment. Ask the Lord to open your eyes because guess what? He will. He will. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Everyone listening to this, there's no way that I could ever possibly go through all of the Christian organizations and even the pseudo-Christian organizations and steer you guys in always the right way. And I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to get things wrong. And so I would just encourage you, look at what these organizations are putting out, hold them up to the light of scripture, filter them through the, to, through the grid of God's word. If it troubles your spirit, you need to pay attention. And so Jill, that's a great question. I'm so thankful that you sent it in. And I'm just going to encourage you back to a place of saying, Lord, give me the wisdom that I need to determine where this uh, publication is is going so that I can decide if this is something I want to read or or promote to other people. I also wanted to say thank you to Angie who left a voicemail at Anchor and she said that they were praying for us. Angie, thank you so much. It was an encouragement to hear that you and your family are praying for the St. John's and for what God has asked us to do in this season of our lives. We are incredibly blessed by that. And it was absolutely an encouragement. So thank you for that. All right. Last question today is a little bit of a loaded one. Comes from Katie in Glendale, Arizona. She wrote, Heidi, I recently heard a podcast about the Enneagram and Christianity. Marsha from Christian Answers for the New Age was being interviewed and I found it very informative. Enneagram hype reminds me a lot of yoga. What are your thoughts about it? All right. So I've I've talked about this a little tiny bit and frankly, I've sort of avoided it because we've just had so many you know, all the stuff that's happening with COVID, the loss of our liberties, all of these things. And I haven't really been talking about things like yoga and meditation and things like that. But here's my, and and no, I'm actually not a fan. I'll just, I'll just start off with that. I'm not a fan of Enneagram for the same reason I'm not a fan of yoga. I will link back to my yoga podcast, which was one of the most downloaded podcasts in the history of the Heidi St. John podcast. It shook a lot of people up because my, my point in that was that we are Christianizing things like yoga and meditation and other Eastern religious activities. We sort of, we were trying to bring them into alignment with God. But we can't bring them into alignment with God because they're not in alignment. And so no matter how much we, no matter how, you know, you can do yoga to worship music and it doesn't change the root of what you're doing. And so we talk about what's going on in, in the culture and we, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, talking about ourselves. And I think this is part of my frustration with the Enneagram, this, this obsession with self, right? But as I looked at the, I was 
kind of troubled immediately when I saw the Enneagram. It was um, shown to me several years ago. My spirit was like, man, this probably isn't, this isn't going to be for you. But I'm going to encourage you, our identity is in Christ. All right. And the Enneagram's quest is to help you know who you are. Well, I'm wondering, are we asking the Lord Jesus who we are? Lord, what what do you want me to do? What if you you guys, when you're listening to this, I think sometimes these, you know, these these tests, you know, the personality tests and the Myers Briggs, which I think I took when I was in college, and now we've got the Enneagram. They're kind of, they're kind of fascinating, right? Because really, let's be honest, we're obsessed with ourselves. <laughs> Because <laughs> we kind of are, right? This question, you know, who am I, and why am I here, and and what are my, what are, you know, what are my unique gifts and abilities, and what what does God want me to do? And there's a part of me that just wants to say, hey, there's actually a better way to determine your spiritual gift, and that's actually get out there and start doing the thing in your local church. I think I told you guys that all through school, I got pretty decent grades on my report card, but they always said, hey, Heidi's a good student, but she talks too much. Heidi's passing notes in class. Heidi was talking, blah, 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 blah. By the time I was in high school, I was running for for student government and those kinds of things. And I did those things, but no one ever said to me, my goodness, Heidi, I'm, I'm noticing you're doing this. I wonder if you might be a teacher. That gift was in me. And we can't discover how God has uniquely gifted us if we're isolating ourselves from other people. So we don't trace our gifts like we would in a laboratory or like we would with, we don't need the Enneagram is what I'm trying to tell you guys. Because I really do believe oftentimes we find them out by just trial and error. What is it that makes your heart sing? What is it that you really like to do? What is it that you are naturally drawn toward? The chances are pretty good that you have a gift in that area. And so I don't think that the best way to discover your gifts is by taking these personality tests. I think that it's by getting involved in the lives of other people in your church, doing things like we are doing here at the Homeschool Resource Center and watching what do you find that you do that makes you effective. So knowing what your gifts are aren't nearly, I don't think, as important as exercising them. And we we exercise the gifts, we use the gifts honestly, through trial and error. And frankly, I think they change from one season to the next. So what I'm doing in this season of my life is different than what I was doing when I was a, a young mother in my 20s and my 30s, right? But with when we do these things, especially the Enneagram, there was a couple of things in it that I was just like, I don't know about that. I mean, I just, I was troubled with it on its face. We want to label ourselves, you know, introvert, extrovert, melancholy, you know, uh, sanguine, am I a perceiver, you know, all of these things when really we should be seeking to know God more. Lord, help me know you. We've made the Bible about us. We've made, we've made everything about us. But the more we know about God and the more we understand God's God, who God is and how God loves us, the better we can see ourselves for really who, who we are. So I think this whole self-awareness stuff, this garbledy goop. I don't love it. We've Christianized yoga and we've Christianized all this stuff too. And I I think that this idea of self in general, it flies in the face of God's word. And he says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or, con- or conceit, but in humility of mind, let each esteem others as better than himself. So self-awareness has its roots in ancient philosophy. It denies God, it denies his supremacy in our lives. And we are not called to be self-aware. We're called to be God-aware. Now, does that mean that the Myers-Briggs test was a sin? No. I think we just need to be careful. I read a book with my team. A long time ago, we did this thing, we, we did this thing called Strengths Finder, And it was pretty fun. I enjoyed doing it. I, I think that, you know, 
it's fascinating, isn't it? You know, you read the test and you go, oh, I didn't, you know, look at that. I, but I think most of us are going to go, yep, I, yep, I probably could have told you that. I probably could have, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Because most of us kind of have an innate understanding of what we're going to be drawn toward. But as I told the women in um, Arkansas a few weeks ago, God tells us who we are. He tells us that we are chosen, that we're adopted, that we are redeemed. We wear the label redeemed. And when the Lord of Heaven's armies labels you, nobody else can relabel you. And part of me is like, what else do we need to know? Right? So I think, you know, this obsession with self, this obsession with finding my purpose, I don't know. My my other beef with this is it's rooted in uh, paganism. I'm not a fan. So when we're asking the questions about who we are, we want to be getting counsel, the Bible says in Psalm 1, from the godly. The Bible says that we're blessed when we do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Why? Because the mind of the unbeliever is unregenerated, right? So it's filled with knowledge that's rooted in philosophies that deny God, they deny his power, they deny his existence. There's an awesome little blog post uh, at Charisma News where I'm quoting some of this stuff out of here today, and I will link back to it. This gal said, using a personality test that's rooted in the occult and new age origins, um, attributing our identity and awareness of who we are to it, and then allowing this newfound identity to determine our direction is dangerous. There's no blessing in that. The Christian should instead turn to God's word and allow it to reveal who we truly are apart from God in all of its raw, rough, ugly detail, and then discover Christ's solution to that problem. Through that, we discover our true identity. And I would agree with that. Uh, I read a book years ago called The Search for Significance that really just changed my life because I was struggling so hard with my identity coming out of a broken home and relationships that were so toxic and so unhealthy. And that was very, very powerful for me. And so again, you guys need to... you. Study for yourself. You don't need me to tell you this stuff. Study for yourself. If there's a check in your spirit, take it before the Lord. And you can search for the history of the Enneagram, which, like I said, it's based on false teachings. It's based on ancient pagan traditions. And so that means that at its root, the Enneagram is in direct conflict with biblical Christianity because it's driven by the lie of man's fundamental goodness and not by our need for Christ's saving grace. And uh, we were warned about this in the Bible, right? So if the objective of the Enneagram is to help you discover who your true self is, which it is, and then they tell you, ultimately, they're going to help you find God, but this is false theology. So be careful. Now, I'm I'm going to caveat that at the very, very end here by saying, I know a lot of you are going to be mad that I, that I said this today, and I'm very sorry. I'm not, uh, I, part of the reason I've been avoiding talking about the Enneagram is because I, I know some really sweet people who actually really love, who are super into it. They love it. Are these deal breakers between me and my friends who like the Enneagram? No. But you asked me for my personal opinion, and I'm giving it to you. I don't believe that uh, this is necessary for the Christian. I think that there's some danger in it because of the basis of the Enneagram theory, right? It's self. It's the, the worship of self. And I think that pulls us away from the truth of who God is and why we need our relationship with him and what it should be. But I'm not going to let this be a deal breaker in my relationships with other people. I am, however, concerned with how much I see churches uh, embracing this kind of stuff. But this is the same thing with yoga. We've seen the churches embrace that also. And so it's a lack of discernment, I think, and we need to speak into it. If the Enneagram is being offered in your church, 
I'd be doing some soul searching. All right. So this is not thus saith the Lord, but from what I know about the Enneagram and what I know about the Bible, this is the conclusion that I have come to. I really appreciate you guys writing in. I appreciate the hard questions, even though sometimes they are difficult to answer and sometimes difficult to hear. But I do appreciate you guys writing in. If you would like to have your question addressed here at the podcast, just shoot it to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday and a form will come up and you can leave those there. And I believe I will be very, very glad to answer your questions. Please keep those questions short. Keep them very, very short. So short and sweet and to the point that helps us weed through the questions more quickly. Next week, I'm going to have the American Heritage Girls founder on the show. I cannot wait to talk to her. Author Steve Deese, the author of The Fauci and Bargain where he really exposes Father Fauci for the fraud that he is. He's going to be coming on the show. That's going to be really interesting. In the meantime, I hope you guys will share this podcast with your friends and your neighbors and listen to it with your kids. And more than that, I my prayer for you is that you will seek the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. That's where the blessing is found. Thanks for writing in so much, you guys. We love you. Have a great day. Love your families well, and I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.